Christ died to sin, plus Christ was raised from the dead, plus I am in Christ, equals now, emphatically, 100% reality for those who are saved in Christ. I am dead to sin. I am alive to God. It's just good theological math. You must reckon yourselves, consider yourselves. The result is I am dead to sin. I am alive to God. Welcome back to Live in the Light, friends. We're thankful to have you join us here today. We definitely have a lot of fun over here, but as I'm sure you've also noticed, we take things very seriously. We believe that the Word of God is crucial for us, so critical for us in these shifting times now more than ever. We're in Romans 6 today in our series, Life's Too Short Not to Grow in Christ. And friends, once again, there is an urgency in today's message. Today we are being encouraged to consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ. What does that mean? Well, to help us answer that question from God's word, here's Pastor Robbie with today's important, convicting, and also encouraging message. A little bit of faith welling up all of a sudden to understand I am no longer enslaved to sin. He has done a marvelous work in my life in the past and he wants to continue to do that with me as I walk into the future because I'm no longer enslaved. Oh, but there's more. Point number two, there's more. In Christ, I will never die again. Somebody say amen. I mean, that's just, that, that's pretty good news today. Hey, did you wake up a little grumpy? Well, if you're in Christ, not for long, okay? Not for long. Look at verses eight to 10 now. Verses eight to 10, it says this. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being, this is so good. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Yes, death no longer has dominion over him. Praise the Lord, that is awesome. For the death he died to sin once for everyone who believes, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So again, incredible truth here. Theologically, here we go, ready? If we have died with Christ, we will live with Christ. You can't have one without the other. If we have died with Christ, we will live with Christ. Here's a question though. Well, what does it mean to live with him? That's verses nine and 10. That's what verses nine and 10 explain. They explain the world-changing power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, the world is never the same again. Why? Let's get a refresher of resurrection doctrine on the screen for us, okay? The moment Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, a number of massive things are guaranteed forever. What is guaranteed? That God accepted full payment for sin that Jesus Christ paid on the cross. If, if, if sin wasn't paid for, Jesus is not raised. So the moment Christ is raised, that guarantees that sin has been paid for if we would only receive it by faith and receive the grace. The resurrection guarantees that Jesus 
was victorious over death. He will never, ever die again. Jesus is the first fruits. The first fruits was a farming term, a sample of the promise to come. Jesus Christ raised to a glorified, perfect, resurrected body. It's the first fruits for us who believe there's victory, there's victory over death. Sin, Satan, and death are forever defeated. When Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, sin, Satan, and death, all your days are numbered. Like you're doomed. And the moment Jesus Christ returns, that is all fulfilled. The resurrection guarantees believers forgiveness and justification. It guarantees that if you are in Christ, you are forgiven forever. It guarantees that you are justified, again, completely forever. That will never change. The resurrection guarantees our heavenly reign with Christ forever. And the resurrection guarantees, I mean, this is just so encouraging to all. This is just absolutely mind-blowing, world-changing. It guarantees the believer's resurrected body. That, that, that one day soon you will remove this earth suit that you are currently wearing, right? Right, right? This earth suit of pain and aches and groaning and aging and disease and cancer, whatever it might be, and all the things that bring us down one day soon we will see perfection in Jesus Christ, the resurrected body. So because of all this resurrection truth, the resurrection doesn't happen, we're all dead, it's all done, and we're, we're to be pitied, as Paul says, it's over. But the resurrection has happened. And therefore, all the hope you could possibly imagine is yours in Christ Jesus. No wonder then Paul says, hey, death, hey, death, where's your victory? Hey, death, where's your sting? Hey, death, what do you got, man? What do you got, death? You got nothing because Jesus Christ has defeated death and I have died with Christ, so I will live with Christ. And if I will live with Christ, then there's nothing to fear in death itself. Now listen, if you're alive in Jesus Christ right now, are you genuinely saved? If you're genuinely saved, this truth applies to you. Again, today just became another good day, loved ones, okay? This applies to you right now. You are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot die. You know, it's interesting. I read this week, I was reminded this week, there's a bunch of tech billionaires that are trying to cheat death. So like, you know, Bezos from Amazon, whoever else, like these billionaires, they're trying to develop this technology or whatever that they might live to 100, 200, or 300. Why you would want to live that long, I do not know, okay, okay? But they're trying to, they're trying to prolong life and they're trying to cheat death through their billions, right? And so why would they do that? Because they're terrified of death, because they have no answer after death, because they know death is a problem. So they're trying to answer the one problem they cannot solve, no matter how much money you have. But here's what I love, okay? You're the poorest person on earth and you have Jesus Christ. You have something that all the billionaires on earth could never buy with their money. You have Jesus Christ. You will never die in Christ. You have defeated death forever. The poorest person on earth is infinitely rich in Jesus Christ. And these poor, pitied billionaires are searching for all they can to try to cheat death for a few more years in a desperate attempt in futility of trying to prolong life. But those of us in Jesus Christ, if we died with him, we will also live with him. So what, what does that mean? That means right now, you can say in your face virus of any kind, in your face, in your face cancer, in your face, you have nothing on me, in your face opposition of any kind to Christ's followers. Jesus says, don't fear the person who can kill you and after that do nothing. Fear the person who after killing you has authority to cast you into hell. Jesus said that. And we belong to Christ. Listen, in your face, ultimately, in your face, death. In your face, death. You got nothing. I'm alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, the hope that overcomes and the hope that fills. I took part in a 
a beautiful and powerful funeral this past week for a dear man in our church. His name was Clint Weisbrod. He died of cancer on, on Christmas Day. You see a picture at the age of 53. You can see a picture on the screen there. Of, it, was a, um, it was a very powerful service. I just had a small part in it. I was just so blessed to be there, so blessed to hear, to receive, and to be blessed. Service was very moving. It, it consisted of real grief. There was real grief there. There was real sadness. Yes, there was. There was, there was real pain, as you would expect. There's real pain, uh, a dear wife and, and three kids that Clint left behind. There was pain, there was grief, there was sadness. Listen, but there was a tremendous sense of hope. Like a tremendous sense of hope. Why? Because Clint was in Christ. Because he was saved in Jesus Christ. And they believe it was about three years ago that he was genuinely saved in Christ. So when you're saved in Christ, you're in Christ, you've died with Christ, which means you will also live with Christ. So you're sitting there in this funeral service. This is always so good for my heart and for my soul as a believer. I'm sitting there and flooded with perspective, with truth, with hope, with love. Because Clint was in Christ, he will never, ever die again. Death has no dominion over him. He has died physically. He will not die spiritually. To live as Christ, to die as gain. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And one day very soon, Clint will be rejoined with his glorified, resurrected body with Christ forever. There's just such a massive, massive difference of a funeral for a genuine believer and a funeral for those who don't believe. We have such hope. It is so powerful and so beautiful. Notice the key to all this in verse eight, right? In verse eight, notice, Paul says, if we have died with Christ, we believe. We believe that we will also live with Christ. We believe. So faith is so key in this. You see that? If I've died with Christ, I believe I'm going to live with Christ. This is where faith overcomes fear. And there's too much fear in our day. There's too much fear in the church right now. There's too much fear, church. I want to be gracious. I want to understand the situations. We have some moments of weakness or whatever. But the reality is the theology today is screaming out the reality. If we have died with Christ, we will also live with Christ. Some of you here right now, you are controlled by fear. You are controlled by fear more than by faith in Christ. See, Romans 6 shows up today and Romans 6 calls us to change. Romans 6 says, hold on a second. What are you afraid of? Romans 6 says, wait, wait, you're controlled by fear. Romans 6 graciously, but Romans 6 powerfully and clearly. Romans 6 comes in by God's spirit. And Romans 6 says, hold on a second. If you have died with Christ, you will live with Christ. Romans 6 says, hold on a second. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He will never die again. Death has no dominion over him. Romans 6 says, are you alive in Christ? If you're alive in Christ, you will never die again. Romans 6 says, death has no dominion over you. Romans 6 says, then what are you afraid of again? Romans 6 says, what are you afraid of again? You're afraid of something that doesn't exist. You're afraid of dying. You're afraid of something. Your, your fear is controlling you, but that's, that's a false, that's false teaching. There is no death in your life if you're alive in Jesus Christ. You cannot die. I'm so afraid of dying. Why are you afraid of something you can't do? You can't die. You die, you live. You die right now, you live with Christ. There's no reason to fear death. It's faith over fear. Romans 6 comes right now by his spirit and says, wait a second, fear can't control you because Christ died for you. And Christ lives in you. And Christ wants you to set you free from such fear. See what's happening right now? For those of us controlled by fear, we need some more gospel in our lives. 
We need less news. We need less stats. We need less polls. We need less virus counts. We need more gospel. We need to rehearse the gospel in our lives to remind ourselves of what is actually true in the lives that we live. There's the movie um, Star Wars Rogue One. In Star Wars, in their version in Rogue One, there's a character called Chirrut Imwi. And he's the blind man that walks around, one of the good guys, and he has this saying, he says, he says, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. Some of you just woke up because you heard a Star Wars reference, all right? So yeah, I'm one with the force and the force is with me. And he's blind, but he, you know, it seems to help him and he's kind of convincing himself. It's kind of his gospel. It's kind of his gospel, you could say. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. And it carries him along. It's one of the kind of the themes throughout his life in the movie. But then how about for those of us who are saved in Jesus Christ? We have an infinitely greater truth. You could put it this way. You could say, I will never die again. Christ lives in me. I will never die again. Christ lives in me. I encourage you, say that a hundred times a day and see what happens. You walk around and say, I will never die again. Christ lives in me. I will never die again. I will never, hey, 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 darkness listening. Hey, hey, all the lies around me. I will never die again because Christ lives in me. Did you hear that, demons? Did you hear that, Satan? Did you hear that again, lies of the world? Again, what I love about this, no matter what situation, no matter who confronts you, no matter where you find yourself, it's never not true for you. If you're alive in Jesus Christ, I will never die again. Christ lives in me. Star Wars is fiction. This is true. You know what I'm saying? We get so obsessed with movies and we memorize lines like, I'm one of the force, the force is with me. And we fail to memorize the truth of our salvation in Jesus Christ, that I will never die again and that Christ lives in me. We get lulled to sleep, but the reality is we are never more alive than when Jesus Christ saves us and he sets us free from sin. We are no longer enslaved to sin and we have been given victory over death that we will never die again. It's just healthy, isn't it? I can sense it in the room. It's just healthy. Even sense it again with the cameras and those watching online. You will never die. You are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we say it more? Well, that's why Romans 6 enters in because the Holy Spirit's telling us, you should say this more. You should say this more. I will never die again. Christ lives in me. I'll never die again. Christ lives in me. It's so good, right? It's so good. And wow, like, I mean, you're ready to do battle because it's true. It's it's true. And for all those saved in Jesus Christ, I mean, it's yours every single moment of every single day. This is a fantastic lead into our final point, which is this, number three. I must reckon myself dead to sin and alive to God. Okay, so watch what happens here. Okay, so really Romans 6, 1 through 10, especially 6 through 10, there's this building up of theological truth, right? There's these realities, these facts, but now verse 11 comes a command. Because of this truth, how shall we live? Verse 11 now is imperative, right? So he comes to a conclusion. So because of this awesome truth, verses six through 10, now verse 11. So you also now, now here's the result of what we just learned. You also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. So consider yourselves, that phrase there, it's reckon. You must reckon yourself. Um, calculate is underneath the meaning of that word. Do the equation, calculate the factors, and what is the result? Uh, to consider yourselves is the process of 
studying to arrive at a conclusion. So some of you math people out there right now, let's put a theological equation on the screen for us here right now. This is what Romans 6, 6 to 11 is teaching us, okay? Christ died to sin, plus Christ was raised from the dead, plus I am in Christ, this plus this plus this, equals now emphatically 100% reality for those who are saved in Christ. I am now, not hope to be, I am dead to sin. I am alive to God. It's just good theological math. Like it's just this plus this plus this equals this every single time. You must reckon yourselves, consider yourselves. The result is I am dead to sin. I am alive to God. And that's the whole point of verse 11. And verse 11 is huge because he's like, listen, here, hey, take these truths to the spiritual bank, cash the check, man, it's yours. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. So two weeks in a row here, let me ask you again. What's your besetting sin? What's your besetting sin? Again, the sin that haunts you, the sin that brings you down, the sin that is just so aggravating, the sin that is seeking against you. And there could be obviously more than one. But see what God says when you say, wait, 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 wait a second. So you're besetting sin, the sin that, you know, just, just wreaking havoc. If you're alive in Jesus Christ, God's like, wait a second. You have died to sin. Now you're alive to God. Well, you've died. To, I think one of the powerful things I did this week too is you take that phrase in scripture right here. I've died to sin. I'm alive in God. Let's, let's, let's fill in with sin, the actual name of the sin that is seeking to destroy you. The sin that's so annoying. You say out loud, spiritually speaking, I have died to lust. I'm alive to God. I have died to anger. In Jesus Christ, I have died to the sin of anger. This is what he has given me. This is the power I have because of Christ. I have died to lying. I have died to addiction. I have, I have died to jealousy. I have died to whatever, fill in the blank. I have died to gossip. I've died to vanity. I've died to me. I've died to that. And put and name the sin out loud and say, I, I'm alive to God. It's powerful. It's powerful. In Christ, I have died to that specific sin. This is what he's given me. And now, Lord, by your power and grace, I want to live this out. I want to see the reality that I am able in Christ not to sin. Augustine framed it this way. The reality of our, this is really helpful. I, saw this and I just loved it. I wanted to share with you. I had to fit in somewhere. But so look at this. Augustine said this. He's a really smart guy, by the way. Adam before the fall was able to sin. So think about that. Apparently in Latin, this really just rolls off the tongue. In English, it's a little trickier, but still good. Adam after the fall was not able not to sin. See, once sin entered into the world, man, like all of us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We prove it every day. Believers in Christ now are able not to sin because of everything we're just learning. You die with Christ, died to sin, no longer enslaved. Believers in Christ are able not to sin. In heaven, we will not be able to sin. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's, that's going to be really, really good, right? Can you imagine? You're not able to sin. Amen, amen. So what here is, so believers in Christ though, here's where we are right now if you're alive in Christ. You are able by God's grace and power and because what we're learning, you're able not to sin. I'm not saying not ever sin, but you are able to see victory over sin. For those not in Christ right now, this is where you are. You are not able not to sin. But believers in Christ, we are able 
not to sin. And that's the whole point and the call to sanctification. So back to our besetting sin. You're welcome. But let's say again, you're besetting sin, lust, greed, fear, envy, anger, and fill in the blank. Maybe at this point, and we'll just end here, you say, well, well, what do I do? What do I do with this incredible theology? How do I apply this specifically? Well, Spurgeon here is so helpful. I'm gonna massively paraphrase. He's really taking some general ideas from him, but massively paraphrase for you on the screen. Uh, five steps, five actions to how we overcome sin that seeks to destroy us, sin seeks to ruin us. Now, this, this is for believers, right? So on the screen for you, number one, this is huge. Believe that victory is possible. See, believe in faith is a massive part of this text, right? It's, you state your reality, you see the problem, but then the faith to believe, we believe we will also live with him. So this is a huge part right here is, is believing, and this is what is being shouted out today, believe that in Christ you are able to see victory. So what Satan does, Satan gets us in the ditch and just starts to pound us. Like just pound us. You stink, you stink, you suck, you stink. You're never gonna be any good. You never change, you never change. This will always be you, right? See, now Romans 6 comes in and shines light that darkness must run for cover. And now you start to see God says, no, 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 no. I've set you free from sin. We can change. We have changed, we will change. Victory is possible. You are not enslaved to this anymore. So you gotta believe that victory is possible. Number two, stop trying on your own. Stop trying on your own, right? So, by the way, how's that going for you, right? Oh, today I'm going to do it. I'm going to change again. So we, so we try. I, I tried it. You've tried it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You last for a couple of minutes. You fall in the ditch again. You're done. Stop trying on your own, right? It's the grace. It's the power of God. By the Romans 8 is going to just unpack this beautifully, Lord willing, in the weeks to follow. Can't wait. So awesome. Just exciting. Stop trying on your own. The grace of God, the power of God, the protection of God through the provision of God. Number three, this is key an actual willingness to be set free from such sin. Say, what do you mean? Here's the point, and here's the reality. Some of us, if we're honest before the Lord, we love our sin more than we want to be freed from it. Why, why are there certain people in this room right now that are still enslaved or in bondage to sin of pornography? I would suggest to you that one of the bases of that reality is because your love for that sin is greater than your desire to be freed from it. We worship our way into sin. We worship our way out of sin, Matt Papa said. And so if we, I mean, the Bible says, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. So one of the, one of the realities we know God's working in our lives, we start to hate sin. We hate that which is killing us. But if we never get to step three where we actually want to be set free from it, well, of course we'll stay there. If we enjoy being upset with people, we enjoy the sin of lust, we enjoy, again, massive apathy and lethargy, well, you're probably gonna stay there. So that's an important thing to kind of settle right now where we're at. And to repent, by the way, repentance is the fastest way to come from that point to moving in the right direction. Number four, expect to overcome temptation. Expect, by faith, right? All that we're learning here, the power we've been given, expect to overcome temptation by way of illustration and example, right? I wake up each day, right? And in my life, I have an expectation of fidelity and faithfulness to my wife, Jill. 
There's an expectation. There's a resolve. I'm going to lead my life. I'm going to rely on the Lord. I'm going to seek to walk a path of faithfulness to my wife that I might have again fidelity towards her. There's just an understanding. There's an expectation today. I'm aware of the temptation. I'm aware of the dangers, but there's an expectation in Christ by faith, by the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in faithfulness. And so you set your life up according to that path by God's strength and grace. Well, why can't that attitude be applied elsewhere? You wake up and there's there's an orientation by God's grace and strength. I'm expecting to overcome temptation for the faithfulness of God by his grace, by his spirit, by his strength, in his word for his glory. There's a mindset. But your reality is a lot of us wake up, we have no such expectations. In fact, we're just expecting to fall and fail. Well, no wonder. No wonder. And then fifthly this, live as though you are alive to God. Why? Because God says we are. You're dead to sin and you're alive to God. Remember the Bible tells us in Christ, new heart, new mind, new creature, new creation, new self, new life. We are new. We walk in newness of life. Should we not expect then to be set free and live as though we are alive to God? You just let me ask you this too, like right now and all that we're learning and all that we're studying, I'm so thankful for God's word. It's just so powerful and beautiful. Maybe you've been through a tough season. I got so much grace for that. If you've been through a tough season in this area of sin, you need to know this right now. Listen, in Christ, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. In Christ, man, you cannot exhaust his grace and forgiveness. Like today, today, new day, new start. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's for believers today. If you have a tough season, you are forgiven. Maybe sin has been greatly discouraging you. There is grace for you today. Where there is sin, grace abounds all the more. Romans 5.20. It's part of what we're learning. There is grace. Listen, listen, there's grace for you today. There's grace for you today in Jesus Christ. You cannot exhaust his grace. Maybe Satan has been tormenting you. Maybe he's got you in the ditch and he's kicking you and punching you when you're down. You say, Satan, I, you say it out loud. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer, man, in preaching out loud. Who cares what people around you think, okay? I've died to sin. I'm alive to God. I've died to sin. I will never die again. Christ lives in me. Maybe today you are succumbed to great accusation and condemnation. Lots of voices in your head, lots of accusations. You pull out Romans 6 and you blast the darkness with light. And you just say that, listen, I am dead to sin. I am alive in God. I'm alive. I'm a flower that bursts forth in bloom and Jesus Christ has secured me forever. I'm alive to God. I'll just end final with this story of Augustine. And he was being, Augustine was being accosted by a woman who had used to been his mistress before his conversion. And when he turned and walked away from her, she went after her or him, went after him, and she said, Augustine, Augustine, it's me, it's me. And quickening his pace, he called back over his shoulder. He said, yes, I know, but it's no longer me. You see, like, that is the reality of what we're learning. The sin comes in temptation. It's me, it's me, it's the sin. And then Augustine says to her and says, yes, I know but it's no longer me because I have died to sin and now I am alive to God. Praise the Lord. Amen.
Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, Sharon. Amen. So, Father, we pray that you would be working so very powerfully through your people at this time. I can only imagine the levels of application the Holy Spirit is giving. I can only imagine the amount of areas of light, and I pray of love and encouragement, but also, Lord, obviously conviction. That's so necessary. I can only imagine, Lord, the amount of lives that you are speaking to, and I pray that you would choose to allow this result in a resolve, in a faith. Faith is so important. In a faith to say, yes, yes, I will never die again. Christ lives in me. I'm no longer enslaved to sin, man. I have died. I've died with Christ. I'm alive today. There's so much here. Help us to live this out. Help us not to forget it in the next few moments. Help us to repeat this again, Lord. And we would walk around and say these truths out loud that we would believe, Lord, you've done so much in my past. You're going to do so much more in my future. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, well, a convicting message for sure. God's word is truth. It's living and active. And we pray that as God's word has convicted you and challenged you, that God's word would also be healing you and drawing you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all for today, listeners. Join us again next time here on Live in the Light. I wanna-